What's up, guys? I'm back. You know what it is, man. Pa God, back in this motherfucker. Not a lot of stuff to talk about today, right? Nothing. Nothing. Nothing to talk about on this Sunday. Nothing at all. Nothing happened. Nothing bad. Nothing good. I just saw Russell Wilson lead a drive. That's about all I've seen tonight in the sports world. Ah, uh, man. You know, losing by 30 helps low-key, you know? It really does. <laughs> losing by 30, game six helps, man. For real. And uh, it it just makes the depression way less. Like, if we go out there... Jimmy's dropping 32 and 10 and 10 again, you know, triple-double, like he did the whole fucking series. And we come out with a fucking loss, man. That would have literally broke me. And I just would have been sitting here like, wow. Or like a close game, you know, lose by fucking four points. You know, it comes down to free throws. We miss a good shot, like, with a minute left. It would have sucked, man. It would have sucked. Is it 1030? And do I have a cup of coffee? Absolutely. This one, something hot to drink, you know? I don't know why. But, yeah, man, game six. That It's actually, like, it's is it worth talking about? Not really. It's more of, like, might as well talk about the series. So, the... uh the Shame and Shine segment is coming next week on Sunday. Because if you thought while the finals was going on, I was going to go and come in here and listen to my podcast. Like, and just break my own podcast down through that bullshit. I don't think so. Even though the uh, game six was a fucking doozy. It was hard to watch, to be honest, man. So... But hey, here I am. Here the fuck I am, man. LeBron James. All right, we'll we'll do the the winning team first, and I'll get into my team. LeBron James is amazing. Like tonight, every game of the series. He just seemed to have, you know, uh, an answer for anything we sh- we gave to him. The zone didn't work. I didn't expect that to work, to be honest with you, uh, at all, because it's LeBron. And with AD in the middle of that zone, you know, see how it works. But it was just... It was just a fun thing to watch. It's, it's, it was cool for me because I get to, <clears throat> I get to see LeBron for once in my life. <clears throat> Sorry, I haven't been crying. I swear, uh, through a different lens, man. I finally get to see this guy through what other people see. Not as a hater. I'm not a hater, bro. I don't go like fuck him while he's driving to the rack and bullying everybody in front of him. Um. Or anything like that. It was just like, best player in the world made a shot. Fuck. Best player in the world got an and one, made a great pass. Shit. A lot of cursing. You know? So, 
LeBron did a lot of special shit this series, accomplishment-wise and individually. All his finals MVPs, 2012, averaged 29-10-7, shooting percentage. The next one, these Spurs series were hard fought, bro, hard as fuck. 25-11-7, 45%, 2016, my personal favorite ring because it was against the 73-9 team. He averaged 30, 11, and 9 on 50% shooting, 49, I'll round to 50. And just like, by the way, guys, when I'm just like, they're not all round numbers. If it's above 0.6, I round it up. If it's 0.5, I say 0.5. But if it's above 0.6, I round it up. So, and then this series, bro, I mean, 30, 12, 8.5 assists, and shot 59%. And I wasn't off on my AD argument. AD was in the 40-50-90 club for the finals. Or the 50-40-90. 40-50. I don't know which is more impressive, actually. If you were a 45-50-90, that would be nuts. It's like Steph Curry shit. But 50-40-90, that's what he was, man. LeBron, once again, first to ever win with three different teams, man. We all knew that. He's also the only person, along with Michael Jordan, to have four finals MVPs. Fourth player ever to win a finals MVP at the age of 35 or older, Kareem, Wilt, and MJ. You know, I just don't like reading these. It's just, he's second all-time in fucking finals triple-doubles, or postseason triple-doubles. It's just, but once again, I'm not depressed. I'm not depressed at all. Like, I'm really not. This isn't jokes, aren't it? I'm kind of upset, but from my point, also, let me just go on a rant about these. I just said I was going to do it. Fuck it. Oh, by the way, the uh, Salty segment is going to be every Thursday, Shine and Shame Sunday. Well, honestly, guys, I think, like, I released it on Sunday night. I might as well release it Monday morning, but either way. Uh, but, yeah, I was going to say I was going to release on Monday, but I'm not changing the release date. I release on Sunday night. That's what I do. That's my thing. So, but honestly, man, the Lakers roster is for real bad. Like. And I'm looking at it from a Heat fan's perspective. Like, we just won a game last game where we held uh, held LeBron and AD. Held them. Sorry. We allowed them <laughs> to score 68 points, and we beat them. Because Jimmy Butler was clutch. And I know this is a LeBron fan excuse. I think we saw finally what LeBron – has been going through for a long time with bad teammates. Not bad teammates, I should say, because Jimmy ain't got bad teammates. But we saw it in Jimmy. What having that load does to your fucking body. I don't know if y'all saw the video of him after his game five presser. He could barely stand up off the chair. Dude has been taking a beating the whole series. 
and I think tonight he kind of I don't know he seemed it wasn't passive but it wasn't assertive he seemed like he wasn't there to me and it was weird if anybody's gonna be there it's him and they did take the fight out of us tonight and it was a it was a shitty feeling honestly I was like damn bro we're gonna give up we actually gave up the thing that I liked what I saw was bam at the end we are down by 20 we got, I'm a fan bro I, I gotta look at some positives which I have it's been hard but god damn I've been looking at him in this finals he kind of got the confidence at the end obviously down by 20 to go up against ad. And he did put up some empty stats tonight, but I thought it was it was kind of a fuck. I belong here. I gotta go against him. You know, and it was it was too little too late. And it is what it is. I don't know why we played uh Drogic. I think we played him out of I don't want to say pity, because that's just bad. Just out of what he's done for us this year. And Spo in the back of his mind, knowing he's probably not going to be with us. Because that payday that dude's in for, we're not going to pay him that. He's 35. He is a great player. But we got T. Harrow, bro. Like, Tyler Hero is going to evolve into a very good player in the league, man. You know, he can – I'm not saying he can do what Drogic does, but he can. Is as his basketball IQ becomes to raise, like as it becomes more and more, you're gonna see a a, a much better point guard Tyler Hero, not the scoring Tyler Hero, you know. But this Lakers roster, man, for real, their third leading scorer was Contavious Caldwell Pope, bro. I'm not joking. Then it went Kyle Kuzma, ten points. Markeith Morse, eight points. Caruso, Danny Green, Rajon Rondo, Dwight Howard. I mean, bro, this nine-man rotation. Oh, my God, dude. Watching J.R. Smith touch that trophy. The first one. He was not second, not third. He came around the backside. Oh, it's J.R. Smith. Ha-ha, <laughs> here I am. Oh, fucking hell, dude. Jeez, I don't even hate J.R. Smith. I don't hate him. My friends make my friends make me hate a lot of things that I used to enjoy in life. I used to like I used to not hate Texas football. They made me hate that. I've always hated the Cowboys. Like they make me hate shit. Cause they try to shove it down your throat. Like at this point I'm about to start hating on the fucking Eagles because Chris won't get out of my ear. So the audacity to say that Miles Sanders is the next great NFL running back. Please. Fucking please. Anyways, I had a tweet earlier. There's a list of players that make more money or the same amount as Jimmy Butler, you know? <clears throat> um, and I want to share that list with y'all, right? Because I just think it's funny to see what people pay for, right? All right, so we're going to go down the list. Who is within 2 million, right? We'll say the top 20. Jimmy Butler is 11. 
Here are the guys that make within $2 million or just like way more. I'm talking about below. $2 million below or way higher, okay? Paul Millsap, he's better. Paul George, he's better. Chris Middleton, he's better. Kyrie Irving, he's better. Mike Conley, he's better. Gordon Hayward, he's better. Kimba, he's better. Clay, he's better. Kawhi is underneath him because they make the same amount. Not better. Tobias, <laughs> that dude is a bum. Blake Griffin, better. Kyle Lowry, better. John Wall, better. Chris Paul, he's better than Chris Paul. And it's an argument if he's better than Russell Westbrook, which I think he is because he translates to winning. The only people to me that are better than Jimmy that are making within the same range, and Damian Lillard is better than him. He's just making three mil less, but he's going to end up making like 70 mil a year, dear God. Uh, on this list are LeBron, James Harden, Kevin Durant, and Steph Curry and uh, Kawhi Leonard, to be honest with you. And call me biased, whatever. I don't really give a fuck, man. I don't care. This dude has been to as many or more finals than one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen of the people that I just named, and I only named fifteen. So do with that what you will. And that'll be fun. Okay. This guy did not just lead his team against the greatest player of all time to six games. This dude went toe to toe, shot for shot with that guy. And he did not back down. He wasn't scared of the man. He's talking shit. And, like, he is the, uh, the epitome, the epitome, the epitome, right? I think they're the same word, but people say them different. Anyways, once again, not the smartest guy. Hey, of heat culture, man. That's what he is, man. That's what he represents. We have a fucking conditioning test you got to pass and shit. And they're NBA players, and a lot of them fail. James Johnson, beginning of the year before we traded him last year? No, beginning of this year. I, I keep getting these uh, years mixed up because of the fucking corona. Beginning of this year, we actually had James Johnson, one of the more hardworking, like, tough guys in the league, not play a game for the first, like, 30 games. Because this dude just – I can't hear myself. This dude just simply could not pass that fucking test. Apparently, it's hard as shit. Like, a, a lot of people come in, they just get cut immediately. Like, you have to pass it to get minutes. It's nuts, man. Probably why Hassan Watts, I want to get traded because he's a lazy fuck. But, yeah, man. And a thing that isn't getting talked about is Anthony Davis's legacy. That dude led the playoffs in points. He averaged 30 through the whole playoffs. You understand that? Hit a game winner. Like, when Anthony, Anthony Davis is... In his seventh season, guys. So we can make this talk. I'm going to get into it. This is probably going to be a longer podcast. So I'm still, still going to get into Sunday football, man. I am. So with this finals thing, y'all get what, what happens here, right? We can talk about LeBron and his legacy because he deserves it. Four titles, 
10 finals. Goddamn, four finals MVPs. And you have to realize you have a top five guy. And when people say top five, that's loosely like you can put him wherever in the top five. I'm not calling you dumb if you put Anthony Davis number two or three. I'm really not. Because there are weaknesses in other people's games that Anthony Davis, Anthony Davis has no weakness to his game. If you can find one, name it now in your head. Are you going to say, he's soft. Man, soft boy just won a title. He's fragile. He gets hurt. Well, hurt boy just got a title and was gimping on his way to it, right? So, talk about that all you want. I'm talking about flaws in that man's game. In his game. He has none. He can shoot, rebound, score. His passing is eh, but he can pass good enough. You know. It was just a it was a mismatch for the for the Heat. And that's okay, because we we busted our ass, man. And then a lot of our role players just came. Tonight was just a weird night for us. It looked horrible. Our offense wasn't running the same. And I think that obviously has to do with Jimmy not being aggressive, but I think when how do I explain this? So Jimmy has been doing what LeBron does a lot in his career, not this series. LeBron this series, by the way, was like, let the game come to me. Ha, tuh. I'm going to the fucking rack. This whole series he did that. This is the most aggressive I've seen LeBron in the NBA series or NBA finals in a while. I think it's because he's been playing with oxygen tanks for a long time. Couple years there, it was ooh, it was rough in his resume. But yeah, man, Anthony Davis's legacy. This, y'all understand this guy is probably going to go down as like a top three power forward ever, right? I hope y'all know that. Like he legit is. He's going to be right up there. And most thing is, if he can last a while, which his injuries and stuff like that probably. Probably ain't going to happen. But if he can last a little longer, his scoring will go up. And I, he's going to surpass Dirk with titles. And But I'm not taking away from Dirk's greatness. I never will. I'm not. That's why I said top three. I don't. It's hard to pass Dirk to me personally because Dirk is one of my favorite players ever. Just the way how he was literally unguardable. And people want to talk about the Dirk that won the title. That was not even prime Dirk. He was obviously amazing. People forget how how that dude could move, like, like he could move, move, like dribble on fast breaks and shit. Y'all go look up old Dirk highlights, 2008, 2007 shit. Like when he played the Heat in the the finals headband Dirk shit. Go look that shit up, bro. That that's the Dirk I'm talking about. Don't get me wrong, that 2010-11 was one of the single greatest playoff runs. Uh, literally of all time by one person. He was insane. I just remember every game against him in the finals, the Heat, he would have 10 points going into the fourth quarter, and he would end with 27. It was literally the last six minutes. It was him versus fucking Joel Anthony. I don't, Joel Anthony, bro. I'll never forget. Joel Anthony or Chris Bosh. 
You know what? They kept putting Joel on him because he blocked one of his one-footed fadeaways, which I've never seen before. Go look up. He blocked it. He actually did. That's probably the most interesting stat I'll give you today. He fucking blocked his fadeaway. But there's so many things you can, so many weird stats you can talk about LeBron. And uh, I'm about to get into that on the podcast. But I'm going to take a little break, come back on the back end, talk about LeBron's legacy, talk about what's going to happen from uh, from here with the Heat and the Lakers, frankly. And then we'll get back into some uh, Sunday football recap, the games that I watched. I'm going to go over a score of a game, but, dude, I can't come. I'm not going to sit here and talk about a game I didn't watch. And I watch a lot of games, though, you know. That's what I like doing. Red Zone is cool for fantasy, but. You know, I like to watch the game and get how it went, get the feel of the game, see how people played, you know. Like, actually watch a game instead of just worry about touchdowns and shit. But, yeah, man. All right, man. Let's take a little break. Probably got to be right back with you. All righty. Since we got the ad break in, you know. I mean, monetize the pod. What do you want me to do? <laughs> like I said, I'm a podcast star. Okay. So... Bron Bron. Bron Bron's legacy, man. Four titles. He's four and six. Correct. People are saying he can't lose another one, right? That that's dumb to me. Now, because people that say he can't lose another one will bring up his six and six record if he matches six. Six rings is very much in play. Now, people overreact when these things happen. You know, people overreact when you win titles. It's an in-the-moment type of thing. Like, now, I'm, I don't even look at this as a LeBron fan, man. I still haven't gotten over the fact that he beat us, you know? Like, I'm still looking at him as the dude that beat my team in the finals <clears throat> instead of LeBron, who I think is the greatest ever. And that doesn't change. It's just he has four titles, four finals MVPs. Two people have done that, him and Jordan. We knew it would come down to these two, right? The fact that people still say that, like, Kobe is better than him. Like, what are y'all, what are y'all honestly, like, what are y'all looking at? I really want to know, because I, I talk to my friends that, like, they watch a lot of sports. doesn't mean you know sports, right? It's, who do you want taking the last shot? I want Braun with the ball in his hands. Shot or not, doesn't matter. Because if if you look at the percentages, man, them clutch shots percentages, bronze number one all time, every category, buzzer beaters, dude. By the way, that whole Danny Green shit, y'all get that LeBron just hit two buzzer beaters in a postseason two years ago. In these same playoffs, he hit two buzzer beaters, two game winners. Y'all do understand that, right? Uh, people really act like that didn't happen just two years ago. This dude misses the playoff one, playoffs once, and they they forget what he does. You know? But let's really go in depth here. <clears throat> LeBron's legacy, he's obviously two. To me, it doesn't change a lot. I know that's nuts, and I think it makes him a step closer to where he wants to be. He's in the top two to people. I'm not talking about swaying people that are thinking he's the GOAT. 
because I honestly believe, like me, I say he's the GOAT because I think he is, but I also say that anticipating what his career could be. So let's stop doing that. Let's cut it off right here. This is his career right now. We do not know what the future holds. Today. He's still the GOAT in my mind, right? I think people talk about it. Well, he will do. He will be. This is what he will do if he keep like, can't talk like that. But today, in my eyes, still, he is the GOAT. He was the GOAT when he won. What he did to that 73-9 and Warriors team, and then just, like, those performances, like, they can't come out of my head against those loaded Warriors teams. They just can't come out of my head. Or the 2015, these are the greatest performances in finals history, but he lost. LeBron legitimately has, if I'm counting correctly, he's been in the finals 10 times. God damn. His first first couple ring first two rings weren't like, damn, LeBron, holy shit. He is, you know why though? Offensively, he wasn't where he is today. One. Two, he was the best defender in basketball. At that point, in his peak prime with the Heat, 2012, 2013, 2014, those those were two-way brawn days, and that's when you get the 25 points per game, 27. But then we get into these finals, man. These past four have been nuts. Like, he's been literally unguardable. He's... Scoring 30, shooting 50%, man. Every series. Other than the 2015, where we, he he was taking 9 to 11 shots a quarter in 2015. It was crazy. It was crazy to watch. Like, my eyes. Couldn't believe it. He's just sitting there heaving. I'm like, what the fuck? He's taking 12 shots this quarter. You know? But I'm with Mark Jackson. I think it's the obvious take. Yeah, he's going to have the greatest career ever. But what is... <laughs> the thing is, people will say that it won't equivalate... Like, and it won't... It's not equivalent to the GOAT. How can you say somebody had the greatest career in the sport, but he's not the greatest player ever? But you just said he had the greatest career in his sport out of anybody who ever lived. <laughs> but he's not the GOAT. You know, just the contradicting shit that I hate. He's the GOAT to me. And quite frankly, right now, he's just enhancing his resume to the, the peak, man. And y'all got to realize, <clears throat> that's that now I'm going to talk into what could and probably will happen, the the title chances he has for the next five to seven years staying healthy and his teammates staying healthy, which is a big if, by the way, guys. Big if. 
and you don't know where Giannis is going to land. None of that. That's also why I don't like in this area. You can't talk like these are set squads. We got free agency. I'm going to get into that with the heat. So, you know, at the end of the day, it's like, mm, damn my back. Sorry. He has a, a player that's top five, top three, in my opinion, in his prime as his second best player for right now. So when LeBron starts to decline, whenever the fuck that's going to be, because at this point, it's going to be a choice. He's not even going to decline. It's going to be like a, he's going to be, he's going to be averaging 25, shooting 58% or some shit and dropping 16 dimes or some bullshit. Um, But yeah, it's just like, that's what you have to consider when you look into the future. He's going to have, Gonna be the first player ever with 30k, 10k, 10k assists, 10k rebounds, 30k points. First player ever. He's gonna be top 10 rebounds, top five assists, top one in scoring. He's gonna hold every playoff record ever, forever. Like for real, those those records right there that LeBron's gonna have in the playoffs, they may not ever be touched. Minutes. Uh, I mean, you're talking about a guy that these these records were held for 40 years, 30 years, and LeBron broke them. So who's to say they're not going to get broken for another 50 to 60? And that's hard to think about in your head because we've been watching this guy his whole career. But think about that truly. The records he's breaking are 30 years old, 40 years old. And every person that's going to come behind this guy, it's going to be, number one, you're going to see that dude's list on every number one fucking stat in the playoffs. The ones that matter, you know. That's just incredible to me. So, but yeah, I think he can win six to eight rings. And they're like, wait, what? Yeah, I think he can win six to eight. And like I said, that's that sounds nuts at the time. I mean... Dude's been in the league for 17 seasons and has been to the finals 10 times. Dude has been to the finals 10 times, the championship. Tom Brady's played 20 and been to the uh, Super Bowl 9. So you equivalent that, it's like, damn. And this one is a much more individual sport. And that's why Tom Brady's is kind of nuts. But in basketball, it's much more possible than football. So, I'll leave that on that note. So, we'll go into the future of the Heat, man. So, Goran Dragic is a uh, free agent. I'm about to look up the uh, unrestricted free agents these year, uh, this year. So, yeah, Goran Dragic, I think, is gone. He's going to get paid at least 20 amps. All right. So, this year coming up, these are the free agents. I know we're going to go after... Uh, um, Victor Oladipo and shit like that. But these are the free agents coming up. What the hell? Why are they showing this shit? Oh, no. I don't give a fuck what they're getting paid. Let's sort this shit about how good they are, goddamn. So, upcoming free agents. Anthony Davis, obviously re-signing. Brandon Ingram. DeMar DeRozan. De'Aaron Fox, re-signing. Danilo Gallinari. 
we could get him because we want him anyways. Montrez Harrell. Now, that dude, one, could be out of L.A. very quickly. Why, you ask? Because he just won a six-man of the year, and I guarantee you he can go get starter money and minutes somewhere else. And as much as these players swear they want to win and shit, I hate to tell you, you think they're going to turn down fucking $40 million for a damn ring? Because Montrezl Hill can go get five for almost a hundred. <laughs> and that sounds crazy. Montrezl Hill can really go get five for 16 a year and get 80 mil easily. Easily. Mostly coming off an award winning year. So, Evan Fournier, there's nothing really that interesting on the the list here. Like, guys like Joe Harris are like championship pieces. Bogdanovich from Sacramento, like him too. But, like, Tim Hardaway Jr., he's good as fuck. But it's like, who cares, honestly? Goran Dragic. Gordon Hayward is going to resign. Him and Brad Stevens, circle jerk at night. Fred Van Fleet is going to resign. He's going to get a bag if he doesn't or if he does either way. There's like nothing interesting. But Giannis. To me, it's <laughs> it's hard for to be in that position for the for the Bucks, right? And it's been Giannis to Miami for me since I said it was going to be between us and Milwaukee. For a while, I said that. I've been saying that for like a year, you know. Oh, shit. Almost knocked over my water. Fuck. But, yeah. But I think the trade package that Milwaukee would have to get if he doesn't resign. Because the thing is, that's what I was going to say. The tough position is it's like an Anthony Davis thing. <clears throat> if he doesn't commit... If he doesn't sign that extension before next year, how do you know he's going to sign? You don't. Because then you're going to be like, oh, he told us he is. And then you have a shitty, you go out in the second round or the first round, or the second round again, first round or second round, play KD or some shit in the, the Eastern Conference Finals, get beaten five. He's going to be like, goddamn, I'm not going to be able to win here. There's no way. They can't get a free agent. They're going to bring in fucking Montrez Harrell or get Danilo Gallinari. You know? Going to try to get a trade package for CP3 or something. Like, he's out of there to me. He's out of there unless he signs the contract in a couple weeks. But the future for the Heat, man, it just looks good. It really does. Unfortunately, we have to pay a lot of people. God damn, we got to pay a lot of people. Bam's going to get the bag. A big bag. Tyler Hero, not yet. We got to use that contract, kind of manipulate it. Duncan Robinson is amazing. He's not going to get some fat ass, you know, some fat bag. He's going to get paid well. He's going to pay like 10 mil a year. But nothing crazy in my opinion. Jay Crowder, we got to keep him. Iggy is owed so much money. Fucking hell. I think he's owed, fuck, $18 million next year. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Iggy. 
Iggy, dude. Oh. Iggy getting paid 18 mil to commit dumb fouls in the finals is beyond me. There's obviously some deep guys on the, the, the free agent wire that I could go into, but I'm not going to right now. Um, but yeah, I think the future looks bright for us. We got Bam, we got Jimmy. I think Jimmy's just now coming into his prime as offensive player as well. You know, I think we saw it in the bubble. Saw a lot of things that he was doing that he hasn't really shown before. And I think he's gonna he's gonna work on that three point shot a lot this offseason. Because if people keep going under that screen, you gotta make them pay, man. Have to make them pay. So but let's get into some uh, some NFL football little recap. Oh, fantasy recap, by the way. Hester. <laughs> I dug his grave. I dug Brandon Hess's grave. He's a dead man. He's I've shoveled it. I've dug a hole. I put his casket, and I'm about to kick him into it after Tuesday. This is going to kick him in his grave. I'm projected 123. Guys, you know, I was. Uh, by the way, I didn't tell y'all the uh, the shittiest trade in mankind happened in my fantasy league, and it got approved by everybody because you know some people are morons, right? So we had a trade in our league: Julian Edelman and Jonathan Taylor, right? For Robert Woods, I'm waiting. Hold on, and Dalvin Cook, bro. We're talking wide receiver 15 and running back number three for like running back 20 and wide receiver 58. This this dude Edelman goes for one good game against the worst secondary who Kirk Cousins somehow looked pedestrian against today. He is so bad at football. It makes me sick. But yeah, he has a good game. And they're just like, oh, Cam's going to target him all the time. No, he's not. The game plan is to run the football 65 times a fucking game. And Jonathan Taylor is in a backfield where him and two other backs get snaps. I don't give a fuck if he scores 24 you a week. He's not going to. But dear God, that trade, I, I still haven't let it go, and I'm not going to the whole season. Like, they're going to have to block my number. And me on Twitter, they have to block me in the group chat. Because every time he does good, like, Haas was going for 90 and 100 a week. This dude panics because he was 1-2, and two, I think, or 0-2, oh some shit. 1-2, and two, I believe. And he trades for him. This week, he has 49 points. <laughs> and Jonathan Taylor only had 57 yards and a touchdown. Okay, he had 57 yards. 57 yards, okay? I just don't understand how they could accept that trade. But my trade, my trade, sorry. And Dalvin Cook had more points than him, and Dalvin Cook got hurt in like the third fucking quarter. That's the funniest part. Dalvin Cook played a half and got more more points than he did. It's hilarious. And they're telling me I'm annoying them. Let me annoy you. Let me. You're letting me. I'm getting under your skin because you let the trade go through. And this dude, Moody, was dead. For once, he was fucking dead in the water. He's very good at drafting. He's very good. So, I'm going to get into the Dak Prescott injury in a little bit. I'm going to sound like an asshole to y'all, but it, it is what it is. He had, this, this is going to be his lineup 
when they're healthy. Dear God. Dak Prescott's out. He has Baker Mayfield. Not bad, but it's not a good fantasy quarterback. He's going to have Baker Mayfield, Dalvin Cook, Robert Woods, Mike Thomas, Devontae Adams, Mark Andrews all on the same team. And he has Philip Lindsay too, who's going to get some carries when he gets back. You know, <laughs> fuck. This guy's going to have three guys who are top 10 receivers. You know, on a points per week basis, by the way, not the end of the season. It's a, it's a week. Holy shit, Drew. Holy shit. <laughs> this dude in our league had Jimmy Garoppolo who got benched. Negative point nine. Oh, 44 points. He's about he's projected 53. Oh man. So my trade, sorry. I'm looking through this. This is hilarious. I traded Scotty Miller, Le'Veon Bell, and Michael Gallup to a guy who had dead cold bodies. He needed warm, live bodies. All he needed was some bodies. Did I take advantage of him? He's a weak link. He's not a weak link, actually. He got Christian McCaffrey, and he got hurt. When he comes back, he's probably going to be a pretty good team. I trade all three of them for Thielen. I'm projected 120 this week, okay? So, that's all I'm saying. That's all I'm fucking saying. I had to restart it because I was about to run out of time. This is going to be a long-ass podcast. Jesus. But to go through the week, I watched four, four or five games today. I watched the Eagles game. Um, NFL scoreboard. I watched the Eagles game today. Shout out to my friend. They know who they are. We watched the draft together. Shout out to them. Uh, one of them, he's tall, handsome, just got married, is swole. Um, his name's Landon. He told me. That I was kind of like, uh, he was kind of like, oh, I don't know about, I don't know about this guy. And I was telling him, hey, bro, this dude Chase Claypool, for what I'm seeing, he's big, fast, he's a monster. And it was like, ah, oh, whatever. I wanted him in the draft because I wanted, I did like Scotty Miller, Scotty Miller. I wanted the Bucks to have a, a, a wide receiver that could, you know, ball out with fucking Mike and Chris. And. It was like, uh, 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 and then the Steelers drafted him. And one thing, by the way, I can name off my aunt to look it up. If the Steelers draft a wide receiver, he's going to be very good, if not great. Let me list them off. Heinz Ward. I'm just going to go as back as far as I can. Antonio Brown, Mike Wallace, Antoine Randall L. I said Mike Wallace already. Emmanuel Sanders. Holy shit. Chase Claypool, Juju Smith. I mean, that's seven right there. And if I looked up, there's probably way more. We're talking when they, whatever development they do there for wide receivers, it is insane, bro. Insane. Dear God. But yeah, I watched the Eagles today. You know, Carson Wentz has some bright spots there. I thought... Miles Sanders was the the brightest spot of the bunch. That Steelers defense, by the way, is legit. And Carson Wentz did his thing against it. He really did. He did. He did pretty damn good today. You know, I just think in football stats don't tell all, except for like a couple games, right? Um, but that was a really good game. I think Big Ben looks really good. By the way, 
he looks like he's actually back. Like he's throwing the ball well. He looks really good. Chase Claypool was four touchdowns as a rookie, but one of the greatest performances literally I've ever seen. But like he was toasting everybody. I think that Schwartz is to it's his fault. He was putting fucking linebackers and shit on him. I don't know why. After you get torched the first two times, his name Nathan Gary or some shit. That dude is ass. Nate Gary, bum, bum juice, bum sauce. But what other game did I watch today? Uh, but yeah, that was a good game. It was it was pretty good. It was entertaining till the end. Uh. Carson Wentz didn't make any like straight boneheaded decisions, and some of the shit he was cooking in the backfield. Good God, good God, Folgum. By the way, Travis Folgum, that guy. It seems like every year we talk. I have to talk about a a, a bum ass receiver on the Eagles because they get hurt, and they end up like catching seventeen balls in a game. It's probably his little breakout little game. I think Carson Wentz likes him a lot. I think they've realized what Carson Wentz actually likes. Like, at the end of the half, he's throwing deep bombs to, uh, oh, I don't even want, Arcega Ar- Whiteside. I, I, I don't know if it's Arcega. There's no way it's Art. That'd be dumb. That'd be dumb. It's Arcega Whiteside. I know his name. It's just I don't want to call him by his wrong, you know. Arcega Whiteside, he, I think they realized that he, and by the way, he the thing that he's doing that's pissing me off is, dude, he will just force a deep ball. I think he heard some criticisms of him uh, targeting Ertz too much. He dinks and dunks too much, shit like that. And I think that now he has a deep threat, some some deep threats. He just wants to chunk it, and that's not how you use him, you know? And he's not even using Ertz like that anymore. And I think that has to do with Ertz just not being – like, Ertz dropped some passes. He's dropping passes. He used to be guaranteed hands. This contract shit is making him not give a fuck, like, for real. I can see him being out of Philly by the trade deadline, honestly. Because, man, oh, man, he does not look the same. He looks like his – dude, if you're at home and you can see body language in the NFL, that's bad. And I can just see it on his face. Well, his body. <laughs> I can see his body language on his face. He just don't want to be there, man. He don't want nothing to do with it. But I think they're realizing that. Carson Wentz like likes big bodied guys instead of short fast guys. Cause I'm not saying he's inaccurate by any I mean, this year has been horrible, but I think he likes to chunk it up in a radius sometimes. And that's okay. That's what you need to do. You need let your uh, playmakers be playmakers, you know. But out of that game, Steelers are a top five team in the NFL. That's all I can see. Like, they're call a defensive team, but they're scoring 38 points in a game. You know, once again, overs are hitting all over the place in these fucking games. Dude, I said it last week. This is nuts. 43 to 17, 23 to 32, 26 to 27. It's just 50 points. Uh, watch the Cowboys game. Okay, so I do feel bad for Dak. Okay. I'm not. I'm not even gonna shit on Dak. I'm. I'm more shitting on fans here. My mom texted me and said that she was crying. Right. The thing is, is dude, don't get me wrong. All right. Would 
I be like Vita Vea broke his like, and I'm not comparing your star quarterback who is playing at an MVP level, putting up 40 points a game to a defensive tackle, right? But would it change your emotion if it was another player? Probably, you know. But it's like, even if it was Tom Brady and he like broke his leg in half. I'm not like we didn't messages in the I thought they were joking in the group text or like almost cried. And I'm like, wait, what? Like you, you don't know him. No, like maybe I'm being an asshole, but you don't know him. You don't know him. The only reason I felt extremely bad for him, like a compound fracture in your ankle he is going to be perfectly fine. Now, the thing is, is his contract. That's when I got pissed off. Because this dude, and maybe this is why people are crying. Right? And I, y'all know how I am. I'm a fan. I'm a diehard of like all my teams that I love. I'm not crying over a player. I'm sorry. I'm not. I'm not. I know that's crazy. If they... Excuse me. They pass away. Yes. If one of one of them, like out of nowhere, just pops up, so and so passed away, probably gonna cry. You know. But that was the reason I got mad was the contract. I'm like, that's fucked. That's all I'm like. This has to sit out. I'm the whole season. I'm like, please sit out. Please sit out. Please sit out. Because it could be like Le'Veon. Le'Veon, Le'Veon could have done this exact same thing as a running back. Not kidding. But he sat out, just in case. And that may be why it's so emotional for some people. I don't think most fans of the Cowboys are casuals. Hate to hate on y'all. Y'all are mostly casuals. Some of y'all are like, y'all know football in the contract situations and shit like that. <sighs> This is what's going to happen, and it's it's a day, not even a day removed. I'm not going to go the Ed Warder route, by the way. That dude's a piece of shit for tweeting that. Ed Warder, you're a piece of shit. He talked about how Dak declined multiple options. Bro, because he wants to go out and prove himself, improve his worth. That's why I think a lot of y'all are upset. The real people that know football, that's why you're upset. Because you're like, this dude for real? Put a lifetime of money. He could have played that five years and been set for literally the rest of his life and retired and been cool. This dude put up a lot. He put at risk a lifetime worth of money. And on that play, of all plays, he goes down. Some shit he's done all the time. You know? And that those injuries like that have nothing to do with uh, off seasons and shit. That has to do with soft tissue. This is what's going to happen with this contract. The reason why you need to lock up your contract, he's going to come out and look rusty as fuck the, the first time he gets on the field again. You know, that's what happened to Gordon Hayward. He had the exact same uh, injury, compound fracture in your ankle. You come out year one, and it is basketball. It's different, shit like that. But at the same time, it's not. It's pro athletes. Pro sports. He he's gonna come out and be a little rusty. He's not gonna be mobile for a little bit. He's not gonna be running out of the pocket as much as he did 
and I hope he is because he's a fearless dude. And he's a tough son of a bitch. I'm not rooting against Dak, and I'm I'm not trying to shit on y'all for crying about your player. I just wouldn't do it. That's nuts to me. I, I know that sounds so insensitive, but that's crazy to cry for a guy you don't know. But at the same time, I'm I'm kind of contradicting myself because if Arkansas ever wins a ring, like a national championship, I'd cry. So, but that's like a team accomplishment, not an injury. But you know, you know what I'm saying. I'm not trying to shit on y'all. Sorry, sorry. That's kind of a shitty move. <laughs> sorry, sorry. I just didn't get it at the time. Anyways. Anyways. Now, that's what's going to happen with his contract. But I, I hope the best for them, uh, him and his family, man. I really do. He's been through a shitty ash year, bro. And that just, the straw that broke the camel's back. I'll tell you what. Like Shannon Sharp said, there's one dude that can overcome it. It's it's that motherfucker right there. That's it. That's a tough son of a bitch. Um, and to talk about the game, it didn't matter. I don't care about the fucking game. That was the biggest story out of all of it. That that dude who risked his money, everything, talked about mental health, which I may come on here and tell my story with my battle one day. You know, probably a good day to do it today, but I'm not going to. Um, one day I will, if an occurrence happens, right, to talk about it. Um, the playoff P thing, <laughs> Paul George is probably a good time to talk about it, but I had to mock him for it, which was fucked up on my part because I've been through it, right? But then it just puts pressure on him to play well, and he played like shit because he blamed it on his mental health, which is the shittiest way to go. You don't do that. You don't blame your sports play on that. Like, and it could be true. I'm not saying it can't be true. I'm not saying that. You don't speak that to the media and say you're playing different because of it and say you got it fixed because then that just puts more pressure on you to go out and perform. You know? But, yeah, they won. 37-34 the Cowboys did. Andy Dalton came in. Did his veteran thing. Let's give Andy Dalton some credit. And that Dallas defense is still a fucking black hole for yards. You just run a reverse, run a screen. It's like you can run literally the sim most simplistic shit. We did a jet sweep last play. We'll do a fake jet inside zone. We'll do a double fake jet, fake inside zone screen. Now we're going to fake the bubble, hand it off. Like we're talking about. The eye discipline of this defense, they are cross-eyed. They are fucking googly-eyed fucks. It is googly-eyed. Goodness gracious. Two games I watched. Oh, I was watching the Colts and Browns game because I had to bet on them, the under, and it died because of these two shitty fucking quarterbacks. One. Holy fuck. I did the under 49 and a half. It was going to hit. It was 10 to 10. You know what Phillip Rivers does? Was it 10 to 10 at that point? I believe it was. 10 to 10 throws a pick six. I'm like, all right. Wait. Okay. Either way. Either way. Fuck it. Either way. It was close to hitting. It was going to hit probably. So, Phillip Rivers, one play, right? Ah, third. You know what he does? He sidearms that shit and like he does a sidearm lob because he throws like a fucking submarine pitcher in the MLB. He chunks it to the sideline when this dude, he's throwing from the right hash to the left sideline. And all I see is a brown jersey. Dead ass to not even see the fucking Colts receiver he was throwing to. Corner picks it, pick six. I'm like, okay. 
Philip is a fertile Philip is a fucking bum. He's old. It's okay. The Browns are going to run the ball. They kick off. The Colt guy fields it. And he ran it back for a touchdown. <laughs> he fucking ran it back for a touchdown. Oh, he ran it back for a touchdown. And then from that point forward, I need like seven. I could only have like six points happen. Oh, only missed it by six points too. Only missed it by six, you know. And by the way, Vegas is disgusting for that Seahawks-Vikings game. It ended 27-26. Oh, my retainer's out, Jesus. <laughs> no wonder I had them lisping. Uh, it ended 27-26. to 26. God, I can just tell the difference. And the over-under was 54, bro. The over-under was 54. Vegas is fucking sickening. I had the over on that game, but I lost my parlay anyways when the Colts game ended. Baker Mayfield looked great through two and a half quarters, and then he turned into fucking Baker Mayfield. I think coaches have to stop doing that. This whole thing where you catch a rhythm with your QB and you think he's in rhythm, and bro, what do I say? What are they called? Sports what? Trends. Sports who? Trends. What do they do? They always keep on going. They keep happening. The Falcons keep sucking. The Ravens only beat shitty teams by double digits, and they lose to great teams. These things keep on happening, and they're going to keep happening. Jared Goff destroys shitty teams, can't beat a decent team. You know what I mean? It's it's going to keep on – these things happen. So when you think your your quarterback is getting in a rhythm here, like Phillip Rivers, ooh, 78% completion. You had no shit. He's winning 16 to 3, you dumb fucks. Then he has to go out and win a football game by throwing the ball, and he's fucked. Baker Mayfield starts seeing nine-man boxes today and just chunks it up to a – to me, he's an all-time talent, not an all-time great, all-time talent receiver, Odell Beckham, just chunking it up. Jarvis Landry has some of the best hands I've ever seen in my life. Just ch- This dude caught that shit on the defender's chest. Like, he – it was a pick, and then he made it a reception. It was insane on the sideline. He caught it on his chest. It wasn't like an over-the-back catch. It's like – he just like took it from the no no off your numbers nope it's me like, it was nuts, but he trusts him. I don't understand, bro. Run the fucking rock. That Dearness Johnson kid is a killer, by the way, a monster, a fucking monster. And then the other game I watched today, where the fuck is it? Oh, Viking Seahawks. I just that that game was amazing. Russell Wilson doing Russell Wilson things to me. You kick the field goal. If you're the Vikings, and I'm not saying that in hindsight, you don't give. There's a handful of QBs you don't give the ball back, only up five points. Anything more than set or anything less than seven, you do not give the ball to Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, Patty Mahomes. None of them. None of them. You do not give them the ball back. That is a no no. Drew Brees, no, no. Please don't. Don't do it. Lamar Jackson isn't that two-minute drill QB because, oh, God. It's it's like during the playoffs, it almost seems like it's a two-minute drill when you're forced to pass. It's like they know what you're doing. You got to execute. And Lamar Jackson hasn't shown me that he can do that yet with the two-minute drill. But there's only a handful of them that can do it. You don't give the ball to those guys. And they had the audacity. They had them on fourth and ten. And this motherfucker threw a 30-yard streak route. 
Oh, man. You want to talk about a guy that loves a guy with catch radius? And they don't need it with Russell Wilson. It's going to be in a breadbasket. Russell Wilson loves throwing to his playmakers. I'll tell you that. <laughs> Fuck, he loves chunking it up. Oh, I'm lying. I watched the Raiders and Chiefs game. I was over here looking for it. Patty Mahomes looked horrible today. He made some spectacular plays. And he had, by the way, his receivers were bullshitting him today. He had some um, to keep drive alive. Like, he had this amazing play on third and 17. He scrambled around for fucking three hours like Russell Wilson and threw it over the middle to the backup tight end, number 45, I believe. And it hit him right in his chest, and he dropped it on third and 17 right at the first down marker. And those are like momentum plays. Those aren't plays that essentially lose you the game, but they kill your momentum on your drives. And you have to have that. You have to have momentum on your drives. You have to keep that going. Mostly with a guy like Mahomes, if he's going to make a spectacular play like that, you got to finish it, right? But the Raiders, man, they clamped him up. And Mahomes has had some sketchy-ass games this year, by the way. They're still 4-1. and one. He's had some sketchy games where he ain't playing well. Throwing 50% pass completion. He just hadn't been looking like his, his regular self. And if this is a Super Bowl hangover, then dear God, 4-1 and one is hell of a Super Bowl hangover. I'll tell you fucking that. The Raiders' offense is redonkulous. And that's also what we need to stop doing. Stop reacting to it, first-year coach. I don't give a fuck if it's John Gruden, if it's if fucking Bill Belichick left and went to another place. Stop judging them off their first year, man. People don't get how, how it takes to get acclimated to an offense, a system, your coach, all that shit, man. It takes a long time to do that. So you can't judge them off that shit at all. So Derek Carr, I've always thought Derek Carr was pretty good. I feel like people forget that he was two games away from being an MVP candidate like three years ago until he broke his leg in half, too. He broke his shin in half. Um, I'll never forget because Donald Penn was never the same. He went from an all-pro left tackle to, like, getting cut, and he said it like it made him depressed for, like, two years straight. Go look up the story. It's actually insane when, when he talked about the Derek Carr injury. It actually, like, put him in a fucking, like – bad state of mind for a long time. So, yeah, man. Um, coming up tomorrow, the Chargers, fuck, the Chargers and Saints play, I believe. The Chargers and Saints play and the Patriots and the Broncos play. Patriots and Broncos at 4 o'clock. Well, I'm about to be at home, working from home now. Great luxury, by the way. Luxurious. And, you know, I'm going to be watching them. See what happens. I got on Tuesday the Bills play. The Bills, who the fuck do they play? I have them on my fantasy team. Shit. Bills play fucking somebody. <laughs> Bills play on Tuesday. Hold on. Let me look. Let me look. I got to get this out in the pod. Jesus. I got the other two for memory. Tennessee, they play the Titans. The COVID Titans. Dear God. <laughs> the fucking. Covitans, right? Those guys need to chill out. I don't know who the hell's running around, but they need to get it together so I don't get my game canceled and have to sub in Randall Cobb's points. Thanks. And Christian Kirk. So, with that being said, guys, the pod god is out. I'm not too mad about the... I'm, I'm like, upset about the series. Not too upset. I thought it was over after game three. 
or game two. So I was like chill for the last two games. And then 3 1, I thought it was definitely over. And then 3 2 happened. And I was like, oh shit, we have a chance. But guys, thank y'all for listening, man. Sorry about the fucking ads. Actually, I'm not because that's pretty fucking cool, right? That's pretty fucking cool. I love it. So, hey, man, I love you guys. Like always, keep listening to the pod, dog. And from here on out, guys, listen to this. This is about to be a fucking NFL podcast now. And a bullshit podcast. So, once again, don't ever put me in a box. Don't ever put me in a box. Pod got out, man. Heat in seven? Game seven tomorrow? Fuck.